Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. It's Sirius XM Progress After Dark. I'm John Fiegel saying welcome to Tell Me Everything. What do Hunter Biden and Henry Kissinger have in common? Both of them are going to have a much better 2024 than Donald Trump. <laughs> there is so much to get to, so many great guests, a lot of stories we have to cover. You might be wondering, hey, Mr. Fuselage, whatever your name is, uh, how, how, do you, how do you do all this on your own? And the answer is, of course, that would be impossible. I could only do a show like this at this wonderful, and I might say very convenient uh, time of day to go to work with the most dangerous team in radio. That is executive producer Chris Hauselt running this bitch out of South Carolina studios and the mighty and mighty brilliant Thea Harper, who is keeping this train on the tracks somehow from the Brooklyn studios. I work with the Best team in radio, and I'm so glad that I get to come here every night. And in this case, here is uh, my basement in Harlem, New York City. We're hybrid, and um, we invite you to be a part of our show all night long. We've got some great ones. Now, Mickey Huff is going to be here tonight. He is the director of Project Censored, and every year Project Censored puts out a report called State of the Free Press. We've had Mickey on in the past whenever they put out a new one. And I always look forward to this because they highlight the most underreported stories of the past year. And what I like even more is... They expose the corporate manipulation of our news and they expose the lies and they call out what they call corporate junk food news and news abuse. Uh, it's always a blast. I'm thrilled that Mickey Huff is here. We'll also be joined by the the man who's so handsome, it's tragic he's on the radio, uh, the very funny and brilliant Bob Seska talking about the headlines of the day. And there's a lot we have to get to. The Supreme Court has announced they're going to examine the case to determine... If mifepristone, the abortion drug, the drug by which most abortions in the United States are carried out, if it should be banned nationwide as an easy, safe abortion option via email. This is where I got to come out and say um, abortion is safer than pregnancy. In all 50 states, abortion is safer than childbirth and mifepristone is safer than surgical abortion. So uh, it's not about life. And it's not about Christianity. And why this is so important is the Mifepristone case, we're going to see more and more people ordering Mifepristone by mail when they wind up in situations like Kate Cox. And they're going to try to stop that. This case, led by a Trump-appointed judge in Amarillo, Texas, 
it's going to eventually lead to the government going through your mail and people who claim to be Christian trying to convince you of why that's necessary. Jerome Powell announced the Federal Reserve is going to hold interest rates at the current 22-year high, but signaled three rate cuts over the next year as the non-recession recession winds down. We saw nine IDF soldiers, including two senior officers, killed by Hamas today in an ambush in the Gaza Strip. The COP28 UN climate summit finally ended. I don't really know if it's a climate summit. It's more like um, more like one of those key parties where swingers go to hook up with each other, except uh, it's not swingers. It's oil companies. And they went to hook up with each other on dirty mattresses and back rooms. They, they, they agreed this language for a fossil fuel phase out. But the document is layered with loopholes and exemptions because it was run by fossil fuel industries. It was all a racket and poison control centers nationwide reported over 3,000 calls related to injectable weight loss drugs like, oh, I don't know, Azempic this year. That is a 1,500% increase. And uh, in the midst of all this, Tesla recalled almost all of its cars in the United States over a bug in the system that monitors whether drivers are paying attention while using autopilot. I'm going to say that again. Tesla recalled almost all of its cars in the United States. Must feel really nice for Elon Musk to have Twitter be the part of his business empire that's not on fire today. Let's do a show. I want to begin by explaining something. Uh, You're going to hear a lot of headlines in right-wing media about Hunter Biden's explosive Uranium One swift boat assault on Benghazi using Obama's birth certificate. Because whatever, right? Throw it all at the wall. It's the island of misfit smears. What'll work? Before I get to Hunter Biden, I got to I got to ask you all to remind yourselves of three things, because some of you look at this Hunter Biden stuff and you feel dismayed. You're like, wait a second. What does this have to do with governance or why I pay taxes or we, we, we I want you to remember three things. It'll help keep you sane in the months to come. Trust me. The first thing that uh, you got to remember is Donald Trump has been a criminal his entire adult life. I don't say this to be, uh, uh, you know, in any way derogatory towards him. It's a fact, a, a cold fact. Donald Trump has been a crooked criminal his entire adult life. He was indicted by the Nixon Justice Department, along with his father, who was once arrested at a Ku Klux Klan riot in Queens. Uh, he was indicted by the Nixon DOJ with his dad 50 years ago. The first time this man was ever mentioned in the New York Times was for his corruption in the private sector. Donald Trump stole from American veterans with a fraudulent university, Trump U. He had to pay $26 million in fines. He stole from veterans again in a different way with the Trump Foundation. He had to pay $2 million in fines. He's been a crook his whole life. He is already guilty of tax fraud in New York State. The case we're watching is to see if he's going to lose the business he inherited from his father. He's facing 91 charges in four jurisdictions. He's already guilty in his second civil trial for defamation from E. Jean Carroll. He's already guilty, and he goes on trial next month for the pyramid scheme. Uh, yeah, heard about that one? Yeah. He's been a criminal his entire adult life. you got to remember that. That's number one. He's always been a crook. Number two, Donald Trump, who's always been a criminal, really wants to be president again, because that's the only chance he has of making all of his criminal charges go away. I don't know how it would work, but he seems to have something in mind. And the third thing to remember is Donald Trump controls the Republican Party with a level of control and obedience we have never seen in the history of this country. 
He owns them. Just as Putin owns him, he owns them. And he wants the Republican Party to go do his dirty work for him. And he wants them to destroy Joe Biden, who is old and frail and suffering from dementia and kicked Donald Trump's ass in two presidential debates and the general election. Now, remember in the 2016 campaign, Trump went after Hillary Clinton for her husband's infidelity. Donald Trump, who is the Michael Jordan of adultery, tried to smear a woman for her husband's affairs. Now, for one of the debates, remember, he flew several women who'd accused Hillary Clinton's husband over the years, and he did it for the same reason he pushed the Hillary Clinton email smear to say, see, folks, I may be clearly historically obviously corrupt, but look, she 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 seems to be, too. There's really no difference between us. And you don't have to have my demonstrable crimes hold you back from voting for me because it's, it's we're equal. We're, we're both bad, folks. We're, she's as shitty as me. That's what's happening today. That's exactly what's happening today. And when Donald Trump tried to pull this shit. Two presidential cycles ago, Hillary Clinton showed up to testify at the Benghazi hearings, and she did it on tape for 11 hours, and she crushed those Republican congressmen like the insects they were. They're not going to let Hunter Biden testify on TV. Now, Donald Trump was also impeached in 2019 for cheating in the presidential campaign. He was blackmailing the president of Ukraine into announcing a fake investigation of Joe Biden on American TV just to hurt Joe Biden in the election, just to make Joe Biden appear as corrupt as Donald Trump. Ukraine is our ally, and Donald Trump, you'll recall, threatened to withhold arms that were already set to go to Ukraine. It was blackmail. Trump didn't want an investigation. He wanted an announcement of an investigation on American TV. He needed that on the campaign trail to say crooked Joe, crooked Joe, crooked Joe. He, he never even wanted a real investigation, just the announcement on CNN. But when a military officer who was on the phone call blew the whistle on this, the Ukraine president immediately canceled the TV appearance and his nation got their promised military aid. He's doing that again today. It's like Donald Trump's greatest hits are all happening, but no one in the media is talking about Donald Trump when they discuss the president's son. That would be Hunter. And the House Oversight Committee began investigating Hunter Biden earlier this year, trying to link Hunter's business ventures to his father. Now, here's a fun game. Anytime you're watching the news and you see a Republican congressman being interviewed on any topic that isn't about Hunter Biden, take a drink every time they say the words Hunter Biden. They say that Hunter Biden was running an influence peddling operation by trading off his father's name. This is when you can invite your friends to Google how much money Jared Kushner and Ivanka made during the Trump White House. But they also say Joe Biden financially benefited from his son's business dealings in China and Ukraine. They just don't have any evidence of that. And he's under federal indictment on nine tax related charges because, again, the Republican Party really cares about unregistered gun ownership, uh, the business dealings of presidential children. They really are very careful about that and privileged Americans who don't pay their taxes. Oh, these are things Republicans are very upset about. So this guy's had nonstop harassment. You've seen it the past couple of years, his stolen laptop, his drug abuse, his addiction, his kids, his Dick pics. My God, this man's dick pics. Oh, I don't care if you put him in jail. Just stop putting his dick pics on my feed, please. I've seen this man's dick so many times. I could be his urologist. I see Hunter Biden's dick in my feed more than I see the people I try to follow. Ted Cruz tweeted out Hunter Biden's dick pic. Yes. And I'm not even sure if that's legal where Ted Cruz lives in Cancun. And, you know, indicting Hunter Biden's a political witch hunt. 
Well, it's not really. I just say that. People who aren't in a cult of obedience believe all political figures who break law should be held accountable. I don't care. Indict them all day long. I'm 100% down with the DOJ investigating business dealings of all presidential children. But for months, our Republican friends claimed the Department of Justice was treating him too leniently. After he got indicted last week, Representative James Comer, who chairs the Oversight Committee, said the DOJ indicted Hunter Biden to protect him. Uh, I want to play a little bit of uh, James Comer being interviewed over the weekend by Jake Tapper. I was going to play this earlier in the week, but it became very prescient today. Here is uh, Jake Tapper asking uh, future school marm James Comer, why not just go ahead and attack Hunter Biden in a televised hearing? In any case, I, I, I guess my other question is just isn't something better than nothing? Why not just jump at the opportunity to grill Hunter Biden on national television? Here's your chance. You know, you're, you're the dog that caught yep. the bus. Here it is. This isn't about politics. It's not about theater. Uh, my job, I, I know the media, I know the media, and I like you, Jake. I know the media would like to have a big public public show, and that would be very yes, entertaining. It's, it's, but my it's job me is that not wants to the entertain. Public show. Yes, it's me. Right, right. But my, my job is not to entertain you all. My job is to get the truth. Uh, I'm so oh, I'm so tired of these Republican men who just make you embarrassed of Southern accents. Don't you? I mean, my God, I, I'm half Southern. I hate these guys. James Comer sounds like a man who creates alcoholic drinks in his own bathtub. Anyway, the entire world, including President Obama, demanded a decade ago that corrupt Ukraine prosecutor Victor Shokin be fired. And he was fired. The whole world commanded it, including President Obama, who was running this country at the time. So here is James Comer on Tapper saying that's proof that Joe Biden, because he was vice president when all the world leaders wanted to fire this guy because he wasn't going after criminals. That's proof that Joe Biden needs to be impeached now for something. I Listen to this. This is what they're resting all of this on. It's just for the bubble. This is just a little game they play. And now it's getting a little too big outside of their neighborhood and the rest of us can smell it. Listen. Again. I asked for one piece of evidence or testimony that directly and credibly connected President Biden to proven misconduct. I, I, I will. I said it. I said it. The, fire, the termination mm. of Shokin in yeah, Ukraine, not, as well that, as the, that isn't it. His. Okay, now, the investigation has yielded no proof that Joe Biden engaged in any kind of wrongdoing. There were checks made out to him from his son, which Republicans said was part of some evil scheme. We now know it was loan repayments for Hunter buying a truck. And uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers have said that Republicans have been leaking closed door deposition testimony to the public to distort the truth, to smear the Bidens ahead of the election. And that's why Hunter Biden only wanted to testify on camera. Here, here's the moment where Jake Tapper finally was broken as a man by James Comer. Income. So we think that this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. We think there are many more crimes. And my concern is that Weiss may have... Uh, indicted hunter biden to protect him from ah, having to be deposed yes in the in the house oversight committee yes. on wednesday he but indicted we, him fact, to protect him yes the classic rubric he indicted him to protect him i got it well look this whole this, this jake this whole thing's been about a cover-up you know you've got two that's why he indicted concerns. him to, to protect him to, to cover it up well he Look, you indict him on the least little thing, the gun charge and not paying taxes. He's facing like 17 I mean, additional years in prison. Yeah, but look God, what he's felonies. done. Anybody oh. else?
Do you understand Jake Tapper has a hard job? He's got to show up there and pretend that Comer's intelligent. He's got to show up there and do false equivalencies for the conservative audience. He's got to show up there and satisfy his corporate overlord's desire to be Fox News light. James Comer's making it hard by being so dumb. Now, as Republicans, today, ahead of the impeachment inquiry vote, Hunter Biden was supposed to testify to them in that closed-door deposition after getting a subpoena from the Oversight Committee. And he refused. He held a news conference you probably heard about in front of the Capitol where he reiterated his offer to testify in public. They're also trying to hold him in contempt of Congress for violating the subpoena. Think about that. So here's speaking in front of the Capitol this morning. Hunter Biden addressing the investigations into his business and personal life, trying to ruin his dad's presidency. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia is the result of a non-existent bribe. They displayed naked photos of me during an oversight hearing. And they have taken the light of my dad's love, the light of my dad's love for me, and presented it as darkness. Now look, he's a private citizen. And again, indict him. Indict him. If he broke the law, put him in jail. It's nice to not be in a cult. If anyone dared say that about Jared Kushner or Ivanka or any one of Donald Trump's kids for their crimes, you know the response you'd get. So go ahead and indict him. But he's a private citizen. Whatever this guy's sins and failings and for those of his pain, he doesn't deserve to be tortured and humiliated by elected officials who don't even care about him. They want to go after his father and they don't even care about his father. They're doing it all. Because Donald Trump's hand lives up their asses. They are non-men. They are puppets. They are blindly obedient serfs to their own moral inferior, Donald Trump, who was fired from his own shitty reality TV game show because he was so racist. They are blindly obedient to a rapist who tried to overthrow the U.S. government. Go after him all you want. (laughs) Here's Hunter Biden continuing, telling reporters he will speak at a public hearing, but not a closed-door clown show. They have no shame. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. Yet... Here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer. When you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen. I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want 
an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. Okay, so let's wrap this up because you understand what's going to happen now. Jim Jordan's trying to have contempt proceedings because he defied a subpoena. Because he defied a congressional subpoena. Republicans didn't care when Donald Trump, Bill Barr, Mark Meadows, Andy Biggs, uh, Scott Perry, McCarthy, Mo Brooks, Mike Pence, Jim Jordan, all defied congressional subpoenas. Congressional subpoenas were about as useful as the human appendix. But now that Hunter Biden wants to do it in public, they're losing their minds. This is what they're in Congress for. It's like the classic film. Mr. Smith goes to Washington and squanders your tax dollars just to fuck with Hunter Biden. So as you know, the House of Representatives voted Wednesday, opened an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And the vote was 221 to 212. All Republicans voted in favor. All the Democrats voted against it. Even Ken Buck, who's been criticizing the impeachment, said there's no evidence. He voted to authorize it. They think this is going to strengthen their ability to enforce subpoenas that they don't believe in. So even Chuck Grassley is saying there's no evidence in any of this. But why'd they do it? Because Trump wants it and they're obedient. The whole Hunter Biden thing is to distract from the reality that their cult leader is indicted 91 times in four jurisdictions. They're terrified to have him testify publicly. They know it. And so this is going to be the theater, except it's not theater because real theater, unlike Republicans, creates jobs. If they're going to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress, do it to Jim Jordan and Scott Perry and Andy Biggs as well. But this will be the racket. And it's so fitting we're talking to Mickey Huff tonight because this is the kind of non-news story. If the Republicans actually had an agenda that helped non-millionaires, all we'd hear about was their policies. They don't. They work for Donald Trump, not the taxpayers. And Donald Trump wants it to be all about Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's dick pics. The media can cover this uncritically because it's important to be fair to both sides or the media can call it out for what it really is. And what it really is, is the Republican Party saying, well, we've said fuck you to women voters. We've said fuck you to young people voters. Now let's say fuck you to all the independent voters we'll need next year because independents don't like this shit. It's only going to help Joe Biden's reelection. And just like the abortion issue, they're too dumb to realize it. A dumber dog caught a slower truck today. And that's all that happened. So remember, what's the difference between Hunter Biden scandals and New Coke? The guys who were peddling New Coke realized it wasn't working in under a year. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-GRIT. We'll be back in just a second with the great Bob Seska. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. Yes, tonight on Turner Classic Movies, Mr. Smith goes to Washington and squanders your tax dollars just to fuck with Hunter Biden. It's the sequel you didn't know you needed. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. We're at 866-997-4748. Taking your calls all night long. Right now, I want to go to our good friend Bob Seska, who does one of the best podcasts on politics and good music you could hope to find. He hosts the Bob Seska Show and Trek Politics with our friend Mary Trump. And he's a regular voice here and on Stephanie Miller's show. He also drops great weekly columns and bonus material at his Patreon. And this is his last show with us for 2023. Bob Seska. Welcome back. Oh, thanks so much, John. Do you mind if I plug something right at the top here? Please, yeah, plug away. Yeah. Okay, so today on my podcast, I, on Wednesdays, I interview someone. That's the, the Wednesday show. And today I interviewed uh, John Billingsley, who played Dr. Phlox on Enterprise. Oh, uh, my. Star Trek Enterprise. And his wife, Bonita Friderisi, who played uh, uh, General Beckman on Chuck for, I, think I saw a five photo from this, like yes. They're quite yeah, political. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they're involved with this organization called the Hollywood Food Coalition that collects money. They feed 80,000 plus people every year, uh, people who are uh, food insecure or unhoused. And uh, they're doing a telethon on January 13th called Trek Talks. And it's a big fundraiser for the Hollywood Food Coalition. So mark your calendars, trektalks.net. I wanted to plug that because it's such a great cause and uh and and john and bonita are wonderful wonderful people just they're like a volunteerism power couple in addition to being an acting power couple uh they're really involved uh with volunteer work and feeding the people who need it in the los angeles area and beyond so we should all be grateful to them and uh the efforts they're making to uh make sure people get food yeah Bob, helping the homeless at Christmas time is all well and good, but I invited you here to talk about Will and Jada's breakup. I mean, can we get to the issues that matter? <laughs> that's right. That's well. If we're talking about power couples, might as well. I yeah, that's it. Uh, no, you know what? Let's not. In fact, let's let's not because uh, <laughs> okay. I have one rule for humanity, Bob. Uh, the only thing sadder than celebrity breakups are people who care about celebrity breakups. So um, let's talk about Jack Smith and uh, and pre- okay. presidential immunity. You, you know, I I feel like. The panic, the panic of Donald Trump is all I can smell on this story, that he's going to try yeah. this late in the game. And he's got to throw everything at the wall. He's got to stall everything he can do. But to come out and say, oh, wait, no, uh, you can't ever prosecute me for anything I ever did as president mm-hmm. because I have permanent lifetime immunity in all ways. And I'm above the law and I'm king. And he does this the same week they're trying to indict Joe Biden for shit he did 
before he was president. Right. It's I, I, where to begin, sir. Yeah, I don't even know if Donald Trump understands what this is all about with the Supreme Court and Jack Smith hopscotching the appeals level and taking it all the way to the Supreme Court about this issue of presidential immunity because Trump was at a rally tonight in Iowa and there's a video clip going around. I think Asen shared this clip and talk about cognitive issues. I think Donald Trump is either very, very confused or he's deliberately telling his red hat fanboys something that's not actually happening. He said, among many other things in this rant, he said they want to try to get a guilty plea from the Supreme Court, which I can't imagine because you have presidential immunity. That is an actual quote from the former wow. president at into a microphone in front of human beings tonight wow. in Iowa. First of all, what the hell is a guilty plea from the Supreme Court? A guilty They're trying plea. to get the Supreme Court to file a guilty plea in another court or something. That doesn't make any sense. Wow. Then plus, because you have presidential immunity, that's why Jack Smith is going to the Supreme Court to decide on this issue once and for all as to whether or not the president is immune from uh, criminal prosecution after he leaves office, which is absolutely the case. It's in the Constitution. There's a DOJ OLC memo from I think it was year 2000, 2001 about that exact thing, that a president can be prosecuted after he leaves office if he is, in fact, uh, well, it doesn't depend on this, but if a president is impeached and acquitted by the Senate, he can still be prosecuted after he leaves office. I mean, yes. this is all basic yes. stuff. Yeah. And so Jack Smith has <laughs> I mean, to go to the Supreme Court to decide on this, which they will decide in favor of Jack Smith. Brett Kavanaugh has written about this extensively in his past. Uh, regarding oh, and this Brett Kavanaugh practice. would never go against a previously declared <laughs> well, statement in public. Right, Bob? Brett Kavanaugh is a man of his word. Silly, silly whoever's, me. But I, whoever's paying I his country you know club what? debt, he is he is he is fiercely loyal to. Yeah, I'm going to go way out on a limb and I'm going to say Brett Kavanaugh is going to decide in favor of Jack Smith on this one, uh, because uh, this is open and shut. There is no possible way that they could grant the president presidential immunity, because you know what that means? That would mean Joe Biden right now, after that exactly. decision were handed down, Joe Biden could just throw Donald Trump in prison. Joe Biden could throw the entire conservative members, all the conservative Joe members of the Supreme Court in prison. Any law in the world, because clearly of the course. founders wanted us to have a king, Bob, a king who lived comfortably That's above right. the laws and faced no accountability from anyone. Yeah. And I wonder if part of this presidential immunity argument that Donald Trump has been trying to make or his uh, back of the phone book legal re representations was trying to make for some time <laughs> now. I wonder if that's partly about escaping uh, uh, criminal prosecution. And another part of it is setting himself up to do whatever the hell he wants if he becomes president again, because he's already yeah. talking about that exact thing and speaking publicly about the fact that he'll just pardon all of his accomplices. Anyone who goes along That's with it. his criminal enterprise as president, they will get pardons so they can have the same kind of immunity that he has. Isn't that convenient? Well, can, can, can we can can I can I feed a conspiracy theory to you? Would you like to do sure. that? Can we engage in some of oh, that on the left? Why? Because, not? Um, you know, uh, I, I, Tommy Tuberville, I don't think gives a rat's ass about abortion. I don't think he cares what female. I mean, I think he despises women and despises women's rights, but I don't think he has any core convictions whatsoever. What if Tommy Tuberville has been blocking all these military appointments because the one thing Donald Trump did wrong is you can't have a coup without the military in your pocket? 
And so they are trying to leave vacancies at the highest levels of the armed forces. So Donald Trump can drop little Mike Flynn obedient winged monkeys to rule our military. Kind of terrifying. But what if? Um, You know what? I would go along with that. I mean, I would need to see some evidence before I fully embraced it, but it makes perfect sense. I mean, why not? I mean, Project 2025 is all about stacking the federal bureaucracy with 54,000 Donald Trump loyalists who will do exactly what you're proposing that Tommy Tuberville is up to, uh, setting something up for Donald Trump militarily. So that wouldn't be any surprise at all because it's already on the table. But they haven't gone so far as to put it in writing on a website that they're going to do the same thing with the military. But we know for a fact that part of this is going to be and we've talked about it on your show a bunch of times, John. It's going to be DOJ loyalists stacked with uh, or uh, DOJ stacked with Trump loyalists. It's going to be the U.S. Marshal Service. I mean, it's even going to infiltrate that because, of course, it would be the U.S. Marshals ostensibly who would drag Donald Trump out of the White House at the end of whatever term he's in, whether it's the fourth or fifth or sixth term. How he's God, the guy could end up living as long as Fred Trump did. And I think, what, Fred Trump <laughs> lived into his 90s, something like that? Indeed which is he did. Fred Trump lived yeah. long enough to see his son Donald fuck with his own will while he was in the next room. Yeah. It's That's a, right. Oh, yes, absolutely. Karma so, plays a long game. Yeah. So, some of I us mean, want Donald as, Trump to live a very long time in as deteriorated yeah. a state as possible. That's right. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, we could be in for, you know, at least uh, maybe another decade with this guy. I'm willing to do uh, Bob. I'm willing to do so many good deeds for God to give Donald Trump a long life. And if that long life can be in The Hague, I'll do even more good deeds because that's that would be (laughs) ideal for me. But, you know, I want to I want to ask you about something. Uh, We we just saw these these three university presidents testify before Congress where Elise Stefanik, who really cares about anti-Semitism, you know, she's going to at some point she's going to get around to condemning uh, Mar-a-Lago Thanksgiving dinner desk Nick Wentes. Uh, but um, they, these these three university presidents have gotten a world of heat because they didn't have a forceful enough response as to how they would penalize any students on their campus who ever call for any kind of genocide. And I say this because Alex Jones is welcome back to Twitter now. Uh, nah. <laughs> we're we're yeah. watching the president of UPenn have to leave, whereas Alex Jones, who owes a billion and a half to grieving families for lying about dead kids, is a free speech hero. I've been trying to carry all this in my head at the same point, because yeah. arguably a free speech absolutist would say you should be able to say you'd like genocide as ugly as it is. But we don't have that. We have Republican speech and anything Republicans don't like is censorship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, what Elon Musk is doing by reinstating Alex Jones is not about free speech. He's not a free speech absolutist in any way, shape or form. Obviously, people are getting suspended on Twitter all the time for violating terms of service. That's still a real thing. So Elon Musk is quite a poser when it comes to the idea of being a free speech absolutist with Alex Jones. This is 1000 percent about Elon Musk looking at his profit and loss statement and going, mm-hmm. holy God, we need some fucking weirdos on this website now. Oh so get Alex I Jones need more back. rubes with access to eight dollars a month. That's that's, <laughs> that's what it's about. Right. That's what it's about. I mean, yep. this guy would bring Manson onto Twitter if it meant his family would come along. Right. I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. 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 So now with Alex Jones will be a, an all new influx 
of neck bearded bro science, bro libertarian incels who seem to nice, conglomerate nice. around Alex Jones and continue to give him money for some reason, as though, you know, making his fortune on the hardships and tragedy of the Sandy Hook families wasn't bad enough. It's not, he's now a part of, or I would say a major prong of Elon Musk's plan to make a revenue however he can. And that That's will it. include turning Twitter into the next 8chan, as we've all been forecasting for more than a year now. You know, I mean, Bob, to be fair, if I owed the Saudis $40 billion, I would take any money from any Nazi I could possibly grub it from. So <laughs> I understand uh, this true. on yeah. the day when all the Teslas in the United States have been recalled. You know what? I, I yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a great year. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you about uh, the Kate Cox case in Texas, oh, yeah. because... Yeah. The Democrats got a real early Christmas gift today with this impeachment inquiry. Um, Republicans have no idea how unpopular this is. The only people who care about this are the people who are already drooling on the clicker, watching Fox News and frothing at the mouth for Donald Trump. This is kryptonite to independent voters in the general election. You know this. This is going to help yeah. Joe Biden and generate so much sympathy for him. My God, they're dumb. But to me, Bob, I don't think Democrats need to talk about it. I think all yeah. Democrats need to talk about for the next 10 months is mother of two, Kate Cox from Texas, and what happened to her in the last two weeks at the hands of a revoltingly fake Christian patriarchy led by an attorney general who is an impeached crook. What a story this week where this woman was eventually, the, the doctor said if she gives birth to this baby, the child will live a short, agonizing life of pain and death, and mm -hmm. she may never have children again. And the pro-life men said, we'll take it. Yeah. I mean, what kind of dystopia is happening in Texas right now where a woman has to go and grovel before a panel of uh, nine justices? Six of them are white men and ask for the proper health care for this physical conundrum that she is in right now, this life threatening ordeal that she faces and quite honestly whether there's a birth defect or some sort of catastrophic problem preeclampsia or what have you uh it doesn't matter the fact is i mean obviously it's important when women have that issue but the very fact that uh, uh someone is pregnant the idea of being pregnant in and of itself in the most healthy of circumstances is still a life-threatening health medical issue that could at any point in time kill you. And so therefore, and I think that's lost in the conversation a lot of times. A lot of times we get hung up in the exceptions. Like, oh, well, was, uh, the Republicans are denying an exception here and we end up fighting for just the exceptions rather than the idea that a, a woman, irrespective of the health of whatever her situation happens to be, yes. should be allowed to get the health care that she needs without going to, to a bunch of men in robes and having to grovel. I mean, that sounds like something that uh, out of like some sort can of I, can, uh, can, can I think what it is? Can, can, can I tell you what universe. Who the fuck? Who the fuck is Ken Paxton to tell yeah. your girlfriend or my wife what they can do with their bodies? I've had mm -hmm. it, Bob. I think it's going to be pro-choice men who fuck things up next year because yeah. I've yeah. had it with these mediocre non-men who presume right. they can tell the women in our lives what they can and cannot do. These fucking incels, Bob, these motherless, just just escort indebted losers, these mm -hmm. low wattage winged monkeys, crypto fascist sock puppets telling our women in our lives what they can and can't do. <laughs> I've had it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it's going to be an explosive year for this election. And I think this is going to be a battery for Democratic turnout. 
Yeah, and I don't mean to gild the lily. Actually, you know what? I do mean gild to gild the lily. The lily. Go ahead and gild because, it. Gild that lily. Yeah, my, my hope is that whatever movement propels Joe Biden back into office based on the Dobbs decision, based on what's happening in front of the Texas Supreme Court with Kate Cox and so many other cases. I think there's another situation very similar to that in uh, Ohio. I, I hope what happens is the momentum of that backlash against the Republican Party launches woman after woman after woman into public office. And we get yes. to a point, not not just in the public square, but also in the private sector as well, a point where women basically control the levers of power in the United States, because there has to be. And I don't care how severe the adjustment is, but it there has to be a reckoning here. Enough is enough. At this point, this minority party is forcing women to, as I said, to to grovel for their own health care. Yes, okay, bow before me and make sure you go through this elaborate procedure to present your case so that maybe, possibly, but probably not, you will get the care that you're desiring right now, which up until That's a it. few months ago, which up until uh, the Dobbs decision was perfectly constitutional and legal. And so uh, <laughs> that has to transform into and, you know, we know we all know that women hold a demographic majority in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that needs to turn into a governing and private yes. sector majority of, of women running things. As Leonard Cohen said, I wish the women would hurry up and take over already. Um, yeah. And this is happening the same day the Supreme Court's going to hear about the Mifepristone case. Bob, oh, yeah. uh, I, 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 I'm convinced that mi the Mifepristone case is a step towards right-wing fundamentalist desire to go through Americans' mail and convince them it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it, right? Like, your mail, when women try to get Mifepristone in red states through the mail, it's going to yeah. lead to bureaucrats going through the mail of private citizens. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is obviously Republicans are overreaching here, but they're being compelled to overreach. As you said, Tommy Tuberville, I don't think really gives a shit about nope. Mifepristone or abortion or women's rights or what have you. I think this is all about where the sugar daddies are on the Republican side, which is basically a whole lot of very wealthy evangelical Christians who yes. desperately want and have invested billions and billions and billions of dollars in creating Republican majorities so they could have control over things like the Supreme Court and thusly the lives and health care of women. And so consequently, there's no backing out of this. The Republican Party can't suddenly go, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea if we're pro-choice here. Maybe we lay off the uh, contraception thing, too, and Mifepristone <laughs> and, and back off. Of course they can't do that. They are painted into a corner of their own making. They are stuck with their Frankenstein monster in this case. And so as a consequence of that, the only way they're going to be able to continue to win any sort of elections is through nefarious means, whatever fuckery Donald Trump is going to be up to, whatever a crazy state legislature decisions, the, the takeover of some election boards and so forth. That's the only way they can do it, because they know if it comes down to actual issues like abortion, like the climate crisis and so forth, that they are utterly screwed a thousand different ways. So that's that's kind of the upside of this terrible, terrible situation every woman in this country faces right now. And that is why I listen to The Bob Seska Show and why <laughs> you should spend this Christmas at his Patreon, patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Mr. Seska, I hope you have a great break. Are you traveling? What are your plans for the holidays? 
I'm sitting right here. I'm just oh. doing watching nerdy movies and nerdy TV shows and probably spending too much time on social media. That's that's what I Bliss. do, John. And it's Bliss. sad, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, it's the time to catch up on your on your but do me a favor, take a break from the media. You've earned it. Give it to give okay. yourself a give yourself a day to I'll, detox. I'll take it. Thank you, Mr. Seska. My best to you and to your girlfriend. Have a great one. We'll be right back with your calls. This is SiriusXM Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is SiriusXM Progress. We're at 866 866- Nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Minish in New Jersey. Thank you so much for waiting on hold. You're on progress. Good evening. Hey, John. How's it going? It's um, thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I, I just wanted to say. I just wanted to say that uh, you know I, I was. I'm not tooting my horn, but I really felt, had a bad feeling when the Republicans, Fox News, and that machine used uh, the email scan. The email issue. I don't even want to call it a scandal. They created the scandal. Against yeah. Hillary, I really felt bad about what was going to happen, and unfortunately, it did. Uh, yeah. And so, of course, with Hunter's this Hunter Biden nonsense coming up, I'm like, they're trying it again, right? They they couldn't it was do white water first, so, white water before any of it. Remember, white water turned into Bill yeah, Clinton's blowjob. Every single thing, yep. everything. And but all I can say is uh, because I think we've all reached our limit with being defensive, right? I don't want to be defensive. I want to be. Yes, I think you're uh, on offense, which is. Hunter Biden has more decency and honesty and humility than every fucking Republican in Congress yeah. and all of their goober fucking voters uh, put together. And so I saw his speech today. <laughs> I've been sharing it with as many people as I could. Uh, and I want people to know that as, as Democrats uh, who support Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we need to hold our heads up high and all we need to do is talk about the decency of our party, the decency of Joe Biden, uh, the love he showed his son through yep. troubling times, and the humility, as annoying as this Hunter Biden is, right, to us, like, God, another distraction, right, uh, yeah. for these assholes to latch onto. The reality is the kid came out today, uh, and he spoke from the bottom of his heart about his problems, about his father. He's been open as heck about it. And none of those guys will ever say anything about their problems, like the fact that, you know, Mike Johnson probably fucking humps dump uh, goats in his goddamn closet when we're not looking, right? So I think, I, whoa, I whoa, whoa, I'm going to stop you right there. That is, that is uncalled for, sir. That, kind of, that is not fair to goats. I've worked with goats. Goats are great professionals. It is uncalled for for you to suggest that goats are having sex with Mike Johnson in a closet. I think you should take that back. They're fine, well, Barnyard. I can tell you this much. 
creatures. At a, uh, if you go to an Indian restaurant, I can tell you this much. Uh, goat is uh, one of the delicacies at uh, many Indian places. Uh, it's a little gamey for me, but Mike Johnson seems to not mind it at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I just can't handle it anymore. I mean, you know, I, I get I, it. Yesterday, Zerlina, Zerlina also, like, I think reached her limit, uh, which was, like, awesome. I said, good job, because we got to get fired <laughs> up. We have to get fired yeah. up. I agree. Vote in 2024 because 74 million mouth breathing, knuckle dragging, low intellect, low Preach. oxygen, low everything. Preach. MAGAs will be there. I love it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think we already were fired up. People already were fired up by Roe v. Wade. I don't give a rat's ass about these polls, but I'll tell you, I'm glad the polls suck because I wanted to light as many fires under as many Democrats as possible. We have to get people riled up and get angry because we are taking on this incredibly shitty cult. And what a what a low rent, fake Christian, empty platform, Putin groveling, no legislative agenda having woman controlling shitty cunt they are. Cult they are. Pardon me. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you got me inspired now. You made me talk like a sailor. I'm so inspired by your wordplay. You're exactly right. And again, that's what this is. Today's impeachment proceeding, Democrats can make a big fuss all they want about it. It's all pantomime. It's as big a fuck up as repealing Roe v. Wade. It's not going to help them. There is no one who wasn't going to vote Republican before who's going to vote now because they're going after Hunter Biden. All they're doing is chasing away the middle they need next year. They can't stop making the same mistakes. But we need to get that middle. We need to make yeah. sure that middle is. All, I can't take. We can't take anything for granted because that middle Not at is all. weird. That's the. That's it's a weird middle, right? The independent, it's, the independent voter. Good. God, that's right. What are you independent about. So let's right? let's like, see another year of fighting back on this, fighting for women's rights. Let's see. By the way, the the infrastructure bill finally start to go into effect, and roads and bridges get fixed in these towns. There's a lot to be excited about, and yeah, we got to light a fire under everybody. That's our job for the next year, and we should have some laughs along the way. Hey, Vinash, thank you so much. Please call in more often. Great to hear from you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Okay. We now go to break. We'll be right back in a few moments with your calls in the next hour. Mickey Huff of Project Censor joins us to talk about the state of the free press 2024 and the most banned stories of the year. Right back with your phone calls in just a moment. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
I'm John Fugelstang. This is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. You know who else we lost this year? Daniel Ellsberg, one of the greatest journalists of our lifetime, who leaked the Pentagon Papers more than 50 years ago. And this might shock you, but while corporate media was busy covering all the attention-grabbing celebrity breakups and blowing non-events into news, a lot of crucial stories, the kind of things that Daniel Ellsberg used to make people uncomfortable by reporting, fell by the wayside, went largely overlooked. This happens all the time, of course, and it's largely by design. To the rescue comes Project Censored's State of the Pre-Press 2024. Every year, I look forward to Project Censored. They highlight the most underreported stories of the past year, but I think even more importantly, they expose the corporate manipulation of the news. They talk about the stories that weren't covered enough, but they talk about how the news establishment pushes lies and disinformation, junk food news, and expression I love, and news abuse. Now, Mickey Huff is the director of Project Censored, and every year he's like Santa Claus for us coming down the chimney and telling us what are this year's underreported stories. He's president of the nonprofit Media Freedom Foundation. He's co-edited 15 editions of Project Censored's handbook. He's also the author with uh, the great Nolan Higdon of United States of Distraction, Media Manipulations in Post-Truth America, and What We Can Do About It. He's also host of the Project Censored show, which is a weekly syndicated public affairs program that airs across the U.S. on the great Pacifica Radio Network. Mickey Huff, happy holidays, and welcome back to SiriusXM. Same to you, John, and thank you so much for highlighting our work and uh, for giving us this opportunity to talk about press freedoms and why they're everybody's business and should be everybody's concern. Well, I love that you guys are on it. And again, I, I keep thinking the way you call out malfeasance of the corporate media is even more important than the way you highlight the stories that have been criminally underserved. But you dedicate the new edition to the great Daniel Ellsberg, who we lost this year and who wrote a piece for Project Censored uh, in 2014, I recall, Fearless Speech and Faithful Times, which uh, was a lot about uh, Chelsea Manning. And I just wanted to begin by thanking you for honoring him. And uh, I can tell that his torch is very important for you to carry. It is. Dan Ellsberg was and historically remains just a towering figure in the U.S. for uh, and not just for the integrity of the whistleblower that he was risking his lot in life, his place in the world to expose the corruption and the lives that took three million Vietnamese lives and over 58,000 American lives um, in in that horrible part of the Cold War. Uh, Not that there was a great part of the Cold War, um, (laughs) but that's certainly one of the low parts of it. And Henry Kissinger recently just left us. Uh, His footprints were all over that. And, you know, Indonesia, East Timor, I mean, the bloodshed that followed people like Kissinger around for years is, is, is certainly a tale for the history books. But Ellsberg wanted them to be known. Ellsberg stands out um, as a, a key figure for us at the project. And, you know, by the way, the project was founded five years later. Carl Jensen founded Project Censored in 1976 at Sonoma State University, and in part because of the corruption of the Nixon administration, in part because of the truth uh, that Ellsberg helped expose, and particularly because the media took so long to get around to getting into the nitty gritty and the details of just the absolute criminality of the Nixon administration. That's what caused Jensen to start looking more carefully and with more scrutiny at the press. He came from journalism and that kind of a background, but he said, 
if we're missing these key stories or, or, or we're getting them a little bit too late, where, where our, 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 our system is not able to respond and people don't know what they need to know when they go to the polls, we're really um, dealing with more challenges than we might think. And, and Ellsberg really, I think, was influential in that capacity and really, really kind of pushing the needle on yeah. what is our government doing with our tax money? Why will they not tell us both major parties, by the way, as you know, John, not just one or the other. And that's what Ellsberg really stands stands for is that kind of integrity. Ten years ago, when he was talking about civil courage, he was talking about how we as a society love to really honor our soldiers, our men and women in uniform. We have big flags at the football games, flyovers, mm -hmm. all this jazz where jingoistic is all get out. And Ellsberg said, what if we took a fraction of that and actually decided to celebrate civil courage, meaning the courage and yes. love of country? above all else. And that's yes. why he championed Chelsea Manning. He was a champion of of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks to the end. And uh, I think that a lot of people might want to go back and revisit how significant Ellsberg was, his massive uh, in influence in the anti-nuke and the pro-peace and the anti-war oh, yeah. movement. Towering figure, John. Towering figure. Yeah, just, I mean, uh, a real hero. And, you know, my, my dad idolized Ellsberg and really taught me that that kind of bravery is what patriotism is all about. I mean, Ellsberg was a public servant. In in every sense of the word and a public intellectual um, in the most important senses of that phrase. And we really need more people. And Ellsberg called for more people to come forward to please show uh, a degree of the kind of courage that he and others have had over the years. And so, again, these are the kind of heroes I think that are important, John, because we're living in a period of crisis we're living at a time when Americans have low trust in institutions, in government, in yeah. the media. It's important then that <laughs> yeah. we find the people that can help shine the light through the dark times. And Dan was really one of them. Well, and you begin the book with the question, what if journalism disappeared? It's very provocative. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow, look at this last year between uh, killed in war zones replaced by news readers or phased out by AI. Yeah. I mean, we we have to remember that media and journalism aren't the same thing. At journal, media is oh. where journalism go to get a salary, but we need journalists. They're the real heroes. You know, we need, we need people to be the media. And if we want to have a vibrant democratic culture, we need journalists. We need truth-telling, fearless, independent journalists that are willing to do the things that Dan Ellsberg did. Look, but being a journalist, John, is a very dangerous thing these days. And it was only a year or two ago that the U.S. was one of the top five places, um, the most dangerous places to be a journalist around the world. Right. Now, of course, it's in Palestine. Uh, it's in parts of the Middle East. It's in parts of Africa. Um, you know, we, we've seen literally scores, you know, well over 40, 50 journalists killed in Palestine. We've seen the deaths of several Israeli journalists in the last two months. Um, th journalism is is uh, in many ways a thankless profession. As you mentioned, media outlets and companies are a way journalists can make a living or make money. But not all of the media outlets actually really excel in what we call journalism. And when Andy Roth yeah. and I were talking about journalism disappearing, we weren't being coy we were really asking the question that for many Americans, journalism might as well not exist. Mm -hmm. um, it's he said, she said, it's team red, team blue. It's anything that I agree with is true. Anything else is fake news. 
Um, yeah. You know, we're still reeling from a lot of this post-truth nonsense, the 2016 election. And it's not just the mendacity of the Trump era. We've seen George Santos, um, you know, make a whole career <laughs> in Congress out of lying and making more well, money in cameo. Almost. Almost, yeah. Almost. But I mean, let's really ask, let's go back at that question, John. Like, really? And when you thought about it, what if journalism did disappear? And what Andy and I are talking about are news deserts. Yes, places news deserts. around the country where news and journalistic outlets no longer exist, right? And yeah. then you got these astroturfed organizations pumping in pink slime, pink slime journalism. Uh, that's a real <laughs> problem. You know, you've got the issue of our news snacking. Amer That's what Americans I want to ask you about. Can you, can you can you break down this metaphor? Because, uh, listen, that, so ever since we brought the show here to the Progress Channel, I have been gifted with an audience that is so informed, right? You know, most normal people are only going to start paying attention to politics early next year when the primaries start. But the news nerds are there for life. The audience here would really appreciate news snacking because it really does show how easy it is for reality TV racist clowns to become president. What What is news snacking? You know, news snacking, it's an interesting concept. And it actually, the food metaphor is something that we're not strangers to at Project Censored with Carl Jensen coining junk food news in the early 80s. Nice. The titillating, sensationalist, distracting news that isn't really news, but we can't seem to get away from it. I mean, whether or not we like football or like Taylor Swift's music doesn't mean we need to see it everywhere on Fox and <laughs> CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times. And it's not newsworthy. It doesn't matter to our lives. But news snacking is a little different. News snacking and Hector Harkoter, who we work with in Germany, um, actually talked about this concept and we've talked about it at the project. He talks about it um, as news snacking is discarded news. He says News is no longer received consciously, but rather consumed incidentally like potato yes. chips, meaning yes. news will find me like we're so glued and tethered to our surveillance devices, a.k.a. phones and what have you. Um, <laughs> we, we, we think that the algorithms will do it. Everybody's going to beam the yeah. news to us. And we're like, if it's important, John, somehow the news these days, oh, it it'll bring me. It'll Mickey, it'll the algorithm will bring the news I need and the songs I like to my my magical device. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. it does. It certainly brings the news we don't need and the songs I don't want to hear right now to the artists that don't need to be paid more money or to the artists on Spotify that aren't being paid any money at all. That's another show for you. We'll leave that aside. <laughs> But that, um, this is why you know, I love I love the term snacking because you're saying, yeah, it's yeah. literally the opposite of nutrition. Instead of having the, the, the balanced meal of journalism you need, what you're having is Cheez-Its and Oreos. And it's the opposite of planning a good meal for caloric intake for nutritious value, yeah. which takes thought and planning. Getting That's our true. news and information. It's heavily processed. That's mm -hmm. right. The news is very processed, much like much of our food. Um and but we need to really understand more about how that's processed in order to understand why it's not healthy for us. Yeah. And that's what critical media literacy education does. And Project Censored more than anything is a media literacy education organization because we don't believe that we want to outsource critical thinking. We don't expect other organizations to tell me what the true news is. That just mm -hmm. opens up the door for a lot more deception and propaganda and censorship itself, even if it's by well-intended organizations or, you know, Boom. those maybe blinking nudge nudge wink wink playing fast with it like NewsGuard or other organizations but we think people have the ability to make these decisions on their own if they're taught them 
And our schools yes. don't do a very good job because media literacy is mostly not a required part of our curriculum. Correct. We've been working to change that. We've been working to change that, John. Yeah. Well, so I, I love everything you just said, because Peter Phillips was the former director of Project Censored. And I know he created the term news abuse. Yeah. Which is a, a great term I'd love you to unpack as well, because it's not just abusing the news. It's abusing the news, not just for likes and clicks, but it's abusing the news for likes and clicks in service of the elites and the oligarchs. Absolutely. News abuse is a category that Peter Phillips created because a lot of the junk food news stories that we were looking at, they they were some of them were borderline, um, you know, like the George Santos case where he's a serial liar. And I mean, you know, that was that is a news abuse example in our current book, State of the Free Press 2024, that Robin Anderson writes about. But now it's gone into the junk food news cat. That's a, an example of a story going backwards from news abuse to junk food Thank news. You. Thank you. I, I agree. Like the fact that this guy made it to Congress is news. The fact that there's a criminal investigation is news. The money he's making on his cameo account. Y'all have no I don't need this in my top headlines. Daily Beast looking at you. Yep. Yes, please. And 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 so Peter said that we need news abuse because news abuse is when an important story is happening, but the way the news covers it is distorted or distracting or appeals to a, a certain lesser important element of it that gets more attention. But it's distorting news and information. And we had you know a classic example of this year was last February, a horrible, horrible accident, train accident in East Palestine, Ohio. And John, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. So as the crow flies, that was about 35, 40 minutes from where I grew up. And where that is, is also a news desert. Um, it's also the Rust Belt. It's a pretty depressed part of the country, but, yeah. you know, between yeah. the triangle. You know, if you're going to be doing like the tri-state area of like Weirton, Pittsburgh, Youngstown, Cleveland, it used to be a big steel stronghold. And then since the 70s and 80s, a lot of those places have not rebounded. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Sure. Youngstown, not so much. West Virginians, not so much. Yeah. Very depressed area. And that train, the Norfolk Southern train, was carrying vinyl chloride, among other things. That's right. But, John, did you know that there are over a thousand train derailments a year? Mm-hmm. Not just one, not just 52, one a week, not 365, yeah. one a day. <laughs> yep. But we're talking three a week, and yeah. we don't really ever hear about it. And nope. so the news abuse element here is that instead of covering these important issues and giving us background on it and that the Biden administration intervened in a railway strike where the rail workers were threatening to strike because of rail safety. That's correct. We're using Civil War era braking structures on these trains carrying toxic materials. Just wrap your head around it. You're right. So. The corporate media was very late to that. It was the lever that published that. It, eventually, the New York Times got around the publishing it. But at the time of the, of the accident, if you want to call it an accident, given that it could have been prevented, these yeah. uh, these major media outlets were all abuzz about the Chinese spy balloons and the UFOs above the sky. And look, we all know that these un- unidentified flying objects aren't aliens. Um, and in fact, they weren't even Chinese spy balloons. They weren't even weather balloons. They were hobby balloons. We spent half a million bucks with F-22 fighters shooting down balloons in the skies over Canada and the Atlantic Ocean. I feel really safe now, John, and I know you do too, (laughs) 
because we've used that hard-earned tax money to pay for missiles that are shooting down spy balloons, where the media is all abuzz covering it, creating an international incident with China. Meanwhile, yep. here on Earth, we are this. We are leveling the environment. We are paving the way for carnage and accidents willy-nilly. We have a democratic administration shutting down union action. I mean, I'm losing track of how many stories the media could have been covering, John. But yeah, it was all UFOs it. and weather balloons for a while. Can I tell you? I mean, well, the UFO story I find fascinating just because I feel sure. like what, what, why? My whole question on that, I don't want to get into it, but like, why is the government releasing this now? I'm now. still fascinated. It's like, what, why is this? My wife thinks it's because that's one of the boxes Trump stole and he was going to sell UFO <laughs> secrets and the government was trying to get ahead of it. But like, we don't know. We don't know. It's all speculation and madness. But I want to bring it back to Palestine, uh, Pennsylvania. He's and Palestine, the derailment. Ohio. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ohio. And the Norfolk Southern uh, train derailment. Mm -hmm. You know what scared me the most about that, Mickey? In terms of the media coverage. It was the fact that the media coverage disappeared so quickly, just like oh, yeah. Fukushima. It's all in over the out. headline. I have not heard a Fukushima headline in 10 years. And as far as I know, they never cleaned up Fukushima. It's never They've stopped. They've released it into the ocean, man. Pumping They've radiation worse. into the Pacific Ocean. I will never eat seafood on the West Coast again. And with Palestine, no. the scariest thing to me no. was that the media just never told us how all those toxic chemicals poured into a residential area panned out because the story stopped getting the clicks. Well, you they know, were there John, for the sensationalism, but we don't know. And in, again, just like politicians, it's an abdication of the public service. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And adding to that, you know, there's a line Andy Lee Roth, our associate director, always uses. And he picked it up from Robert Hackett of Newswatch Canada, who modeled his, their project after us eight years and years ago. But he said that. Certainly the, the news media is interested in the news that happens, you know, in news that happens. They're, they're interested in what what's wrong today. Right. Yeah. But but institutionally, they don't they don't focus on what goes wrong every day. In other words, we're so locked in a 24 seven gotcha news cycle for clicks and likes and shares and all that jazz getting eyeballs for advertisers that we don't look at the 5212. We don't look at the things that have been going on for a long time and we treat everything as a one off. And we don't notice big patterns. We and that's why at the project we we call attention to the types and kinds of stories that are underreported all the time. Yeah. Because we have going now going now, we have 47, 48 years we've been around where we have examples and patterns of exactly the kind of story you're going to see censored over and over again, the exact problems that we see repeated over and over again. And we even know what they're related to, which is why. Again, we're not talking about like a conspiracy theory here <laughs> about media and propaganda. We're talking about corporate business models and a failure of the industry to fulfill its mission in the public interest protected by the First Amendment. Exactly That's right. But as you, as you point out in State of the Free Press 2024, black Americans being seven times more likely than whites to be wrongfully convicted of serious crimes or... Nearly half of the unhoused people in this country are actually employed. Employed. These are shocking stories, but they're not going to get the same clicks as celebrities doing a trendy new diabetes diet drug. They're not. They're not going to get that kind of attention. And that's why we, when, in the intro to this year's book, 
we talked about the the efforts to change and fill the gaps of of these news deserts. We talk about public options for journalism. We talk about the importance of journalistic education and having journalists be more critically media literate because John the challenge we have isn't just that Americans don't know, always know what is news or propaganda or what is tabloid or junk, but increasingly journalists who want to keep their jobs, they're subject to things like self-censorship. They're subject to poor news judgment that goes after low-hanging fruit for for the headlines that will get the advertisers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we we really are, are in a crisis of journalism that we think that the project is only going to be reversed if we champion public interest journalism. And if we only really push our journalism schools to churn out more muckrakers and fewer buckrakers, as our founder <laughs> Carl Jensen used to say decades ago, we know how to do real journalism. We know what community journalism looks like. We know what public interest journalism looks like. There are organizations that we highlight in the book, John, every year that do this important work, often on shoestring budgets. Yeah. The problem isn't that people aren't doing it. The problem is that it doesn't make it to the platforms where people are going to see it. They don't have the corporate sponsorship, so they don't get the eyeballs. And that is how news is systemically repressed. So, Mickey, I got to ask you the million dollar question. What was the underreported story of 2023 that you are the most passionate about? You know, that's a fascinating question, John, and I really appreciate it. Now, I'd actually like to ask you the same question in a minute um, because I'm curious you know, we have so many important stories. The top story on forever chemicals and rainwater yeah. is a glow. Like I'm talking everywhere in the world. If it's raining, P- PFAS, you're gonna you're getting stuff into your system. Uh, you're getting yeah. things go that go right. They, now we're talking about things that like go through the placenta here. We're talking about uh, a really crazy things. Our second story is hiring former CIA. How ex-Israeli agents are being hired by big tech. Um, former CIA employees are being hired by big tech companies to be fact checkers, algorithm folks. But I got to tell you, John, out of the top 25, there's two stories that do it for me because they're meta stories. Okay. They're stories, there's underreported and censored stories about censorship, right? Okay. Story number, story number 17, leaks reveal Homeland Security plans to regulate disinformation online. That would be the Department of Homeland Security's government uh, disinformation governance board that was allegedly disappeared last spring. But John, history suggests that disappearance doesn't happen that easily. And the other was the Twitter files reveal U.S. government pressure on social media platforms to suppress alternative views, which is a really complicated story. Matt Taibbi just quit X Twitter over the lack of Twitter and X to publish his reporting, uh, uh, continued reporting. I never saw that coming. Never saw that coming. (laughs) (laughs) I know you did. I know you did see it coming. But nevertheless, Uh, um, we pointed those stories out, John, because there are two examples of censorship by proxy where the government is actively working with other entities to suppress certain stories. The Trump administration did it. They tried to get Jimmy Kimmel fired. They tried to get several other people fired. The Biden administration did it in a different way where they're trying to, quote, combat fake news or disinformation. So it has a veneer. Give me an example. Give me me an example. So because this is the progress, we got to we got to be fair. What's what? Give me a specific uh, example of Biden committing this kind of malfeasance. Well, the Biden administration's FBI and other government organizations were working with social media platforms to suppress information about COVID-19 during the pandemic. 
there's no there's no shortage of those examples that did those things in the corporate in, media in, in 2021 or, or not not the first yes. year you mean when we're talking when about stuff going back in the last year this is con- this is connected the twitter files go back as soon as biden got elected the first year and a half in office this was happening and then thereafter as far as we go back to this spring going back to 23 into 22 they were planning what was called the government uh, a disinformation governance board So they were actually creating a government apparatus through the Homeland Security Department to basically monitor for, quote, disinformation. But again, government shouldn't really be in this kind of business because it really blurs the line for prior restraint with the First Amendment that leads to the very kind of censorship by proxy that we've been decrying for years. Right on. Right on. These now social media platforms were pressured to police fake news. So that Facebook, Meta, Facebook, Instagram, Alphabet, Google, YouTube, um, you know, uh, TikTok, right? They were all hauled before Congress in a dog and pony show with a finger wag to say, you all are going to have to do something about this information on your platforms. Well, that gets that's incredibly dubious because prior restraint is, is a government problem, number one. But that doesn't mean that corporations don't censor. They censor all the time. In fact, they censor and claim they're legally permitted to. They but are. These, these two stories are examples of how all of those lines are blurred. True. They've all been blurred in the last several years. And both of the last two administrations, the previous one and the current one, have been involved in varying degrees of it. And look, John, publicly... We know that administrations never like to admit to those types of things, but privately, we always know that they like to do it when they can get away with it. This Amen. is this goes all the way back to our founding in the Nixon years. The Nixon White House directly contacted the boss of Walter Cronkite at CBS News and That's asked correct. him not to run Watergate stories. As a result, Cronkite's coverage was cut in half and the That's stories right. he was going to run didn't go. This is the same thing on steroids, except it's now gone all through social media. Why Phil Donahue got canceled from MSNBC 20 years ago. That's exactly right. That's Donald Trump threatening the Washington, threatening Amazon because of the Washington Post reporting. It's the oldest story in the book. These fascists are always doing it. And you know what? I want to thank you not just for calling out the fraud journalist, Mickey, but for highlighting the true heroes out there. Everyone should get a copy of Project Censored State of the Free Press 2020. It does make a splendid holiday gift for the outraged moral person in your life. Mickey Huff, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? You know, you can go to projectcensored.org. You can follow Project Censored online. Uh, I'm personally on Facebook um, and I where I do journalistic work, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> but our, our Facebook and Instagram and TikTok uh, Project Censored accounts are there trying to ironically counter a lot of the problems that may even happen on those platforms. Right on. But you've got to go where the people are, John. And media literacy is the name of the game. And we try to teach people about critical media literacy anywhere and everywhere we go. We have one of the only K-12 media literacy books on the market. It's called The Media right. and Me. You can go to projectcensored.org or thecensoredpress.org to see more about our publications. Thank you, as ever, John, for giving thank us you, the opportunity sir. to share this work. And thank, thank you, thank you for all the work you do in support. Oh, of God bless you. I thank you, sir. It's a great edition. This is progress. 